0: Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show. As always, go over a little bit about yesterday's slate, do a little bit of a re- review, talk a little bit about today's slate. We got, we got a decent sized slate. Uh, I don't know if there's any weather. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look. And uh, as always, answer your questions. In the YouTube chat, anything to do with DFS strategy, feel free to post them there. I see you guys, Suki Singh, Chandler Cannon, Zach Cobbs, Kagan Hopkins, Card Fan, Matt Mears, Daniel Hutchins, Tony A. Good morning. You know what to do. Hit the thumbs up button. I got my cold it's cold, just came out of the fridge. Apple juice, minute-made apple juice. Keep the apple juice cold. Hit those thumbs up buttons. Give me those thummy thumbs. Hit whatever you want. Right? The subscribe button, the notification bell. You know, my face just cause pause, play, pause, play. You could do that if you want. You could do it. You could do whatever you want, especially in baseball, right? 12 games slate yesterday. And, uh, uh, contrar- contrarians, semi contrarians won yesterday. So, uh, yesterday the, the chalk combination was uh, at pitcher on, on, on DraftKings. I played on FanDuel. So it's a slightly different. But on DraftKings, uh, Brady Singer and Walker Bueller, that was like the chalk combination. Then Freddie Peralta, kind of like off the beaten path. And then we got some Strowman. Uh, so, like the combinations of like Bueller, Peralta led you to cheaper stacks. And the combinations that involved Singer, obviously at 5,700, led you to more expensive stacks. So, like the Padres or uh, who else was expensive? The Dodgers, I guess. But there were enough value bats yesterday that, I mean, you could have played two 9K-level pitchers and uh, and still gotten still gotten a good enough stack. But we could see, if we take a look at yesterday's slate, all the highest-priced, all the highest-scoring pitchers were all low-owned, all of them. Okay? Now, Peralta put up almost 30, and he was 33% owned. Obviously, Singer was a bust at 35% owned, and Bueller to me... Over owned at 46%, put up 20.75, which wasn't like horrible, but not compared to some other pitchers. Robbie Ray put up uh 23.9 at 4%. But then we get look, McCullers 35, Montgomery 31, Bumgarner, 35, uh Otani 30, and Bassett th- almost 34. Even Kikuchi down here with 26. 3%, 2%, 2%, 2%, 2% barely 2%. Over one percent, not even one percent, ownership on the pitchers. We've seen this year that the pitching ownership has become way more condensed than it has been in the past. Now, and on many slates, the best, the, you know, the best projected pitchers are more often than not going going to going to be in the winning lineup. Right, they're less variant. But in a slate like there was yesterday. Yes, Walker Buehler is the best pitcher on the slate, but is he is he that much better to be forty six percent owned than Lance McCullers, right? Or Shohei Otani. I know he had a high walk rate, but he also has a high strikeout rate. Chris Bassett, uh, uh, the Red Sox are just horrible, I guess, right? I wouldn't have predicted that. Kikuchi against the Dodgers, Robbie Ray, you never. Robbie Ray had ten strikeouts. I'm never. I'm never surprised when he gets ten strikeouts. Kenta Maeda, I know he didn't get there, but seven percent owned. Kwang Young Kim, three percent owned. So you can see here, this is the uh, the one hundred and eleven dollar. They did the immaculate inning on DraftKings yesterday. This is a one hundred and twenty max and uh, one hundred and eleven dollar entry. And here's a, it did one, two, three, four, five, six. These these six users all max entered one hundred twenty. Score Patrol one. So shout out to, to Roto Grinder Zone, Squirrel Patrol. Basically, you needed uh, Arizona and San Diego, right? Not not even San Diego, pretty much Arizona and like kind of Machado, right? Take a look at his winning lineup. You don't even need Machado in this lineup, right? McCullers, Ray, then Arizona five-man, and then Carlos Santana, Soler, who put up a nice score, 29-3,200, and Teoscar Hernandez is 11. And that's all you needed. Right, because he got way more points at pitcher than a lot of other lineups in the contest. Right, so like the whistles go woo, had Bueller, but also had McCullers. Right, need you take a look: San Diego, Arizona, and Solaire one off. BK Reader, Peralta, Bueller. Okay, so this was a chalkier combination, but Arizona was was way low owned, one percent, like Ahmed, less than one percent, Walker. Carson Kelly at 4,900, 1%. Trent Grissom was, you know, Cronenworth. Kyle Pucker's home run. Played the chalk pitchers, played the 1% don't stack. We take a look at this, but look at Squirrel Patrol's fourth place lineup. mccullers Kikuchi, Arizona stack. Ozuna-Grossman-Mazzara. And Mazzara was a little bit owned. Obviously, Detroit was leveraged off of Chalky-Brady-Singer sp2 ownership but still but i mean take a look at this total ownership it's really low it's really really low but you're not see most people think in terms of i mean this is this is low let me let me just just be clear but i'm not looking at the arizona bats as individuals like one percent one percent one percent and just adding them up this is the arizona stack like this is a one percent owned stack right around one to two percent right you got three here you got a half a percent there so in total like when i'm when I'm figuring out like how how leverage is my lineup now obviously this is super duper leveraged the guys that are in my stack I count like as as one as one piece like the average ownership of all of them because it's more likely that if if Carson Kelly's in the lineup the walker's in the lineup or Escobar's in the lineup so you're not getting these guys individually at individual ownership. Now, like Mazzara, like the Tiger stack was not 9% owned, right? But Grossman probably was not as used as a one-off. So his 3% ownership is more part, more part of the stack, right? Like Solaire, like the guys that point per dollar wise project higher are more likely to be used as a one-off. So no, I'm not viewing a Royal stack as a 14% owned stack. I'm looking at the average of all the players that are in the five man stack and then using that and then combine it with everything else. Now, obviously McCullers and Ray, McCullers and Kikuchi, I mean, this just makes the lineup like really, I mean, just, you don't have to worry about anything anymore, right? I'm almost too leveraged, but in baseball, you don't have to worry as much about being too leveraged since a lot of the lineups regardless of ownership once you get down to a certain ownership level are about the same from one another like yesterday uh other than like the Padres I think the Padres the Nationals and the Braves were a little higher when it came to you know chances of being the winning stack but i mean we had a 12 game slate yesterday we had 24 teams so those are three teams out of 24 the next like 12 teams we're all within like two, two to 4% chance. Like just like the, a whole mess of the next 12 teams, Arizona being one of them. Detroit kind of on, on the bottom of that, but still it's like, like the difference between, well, if one guy one stack is 5%, the other stack is 2%. It doesn't matter at that point. So I'm not thinking in terms of, well, I can't play, I can't play the 1% don't stack and, Play contrarian pitchers. As as far as when it comes to like, oh, am I doing too much? It's baseball. It's high variance. You're gonna p- if you're gonna pick a stack, pick a stack. Was there a need to go contrarian? No. This lineup. This lineup. The Spirel Patrol's lineup with Robbie Ray and Lance McCullers would have won. Like look 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 at the point differences here. It would have came up here even if even if he played. Instead of playing McCullers, he played uh, Freddie Peralta, right? If he played if he played Peralta and Bueller instead of McCullers and Ray, he would have won anyway, right? There were other pitchers. Like he played Kikuchi in the other lineup. If he played Kikuchi over Ray and still had played Peralta, Kikuchi, it still would have won. So just because of the fact that it's 3% or 4% owned doesn't mean like, oh, you can't do this. Oh, this is too too low ownership. You're taking, you always have to remember, you're taking the stack in combination with one another. So it's okay. It's okay to do this. Do I make lineups that are this contrarian? I mean, sometimes in large field, yeah. Yeah, I do. But usually I'm not playing both contrarian pitchers. Like maybe, maybe th- this would be a lineup where instead of McCullers, I'm playing Peralta, right? And then, then it'll be fine. Then I'm more likely to build those types of lineups. Just so happens that he has these two in here. Let's see BK Reader. See, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, look at BK Reader, 177, Bueller peralta And a 1% owned Arizona stack. Like, that, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that two people were above him, like 177.7 was, you know, clearly in third place. You have a Grissom one. You have Grissom and Cronenworth. You have Tuck his home run. You have a one percent owned Arizona stack. And then look look at the Chucky Cobb combination of pitcher, right? Obviously McCullers did better. Obviously Bassett did better. Obviously some of these other these other contrarian pitchers did better, but still came all the way up towards the top. Still by doing this, Dandy Don over here is Peralta Bumgartner, Okay. With the San Diego stack, which was owned, and this lineup came in fifth place. So, I mean, like this, this is a this is more of the types of lineups that are 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 leveraged, but not like absurdly leveraged, right? You're playing bad at Mess and Bumgarner. Of course, I did the other thing yesterday. I played the Marlins against him, so that didn't work out. Let's take a look at Dandy Don's lineup over here in so, yeah, Peralta, Maeda, Right. So you can see here, chalky pitcher, contrarian pitcher. Chalky pitcher, contrarian pitcher. And then still able to play San Diego. And San Diego was one of the highest owned stacks. And he still got there. But Squirrel Patrol was playing a lot more of the... of the unowned, lesser-owned pitchers. Because we could see here in their exposures. Like, look at pitcher. So Stroman, like, no, no Stroman, no Cease. No John Means. I don't know why he was... I don't even know why I was 10% owned in that contest at 10.3k. A Hoboro plays 13%, but like pretty much nothing. Singer was still owned. It's not like it's not like people completely faded. Singer, right? Bueller still owned. Still made plenty of Bueller lineups. The squirrel patrol, you can see here, out of all of out of all of these guys. Like Uticao, yeah, Maeda, okay, Ricky D, some Maeda, some Robbie Ray, a little bit of Jordan Montgomery. VK Reader had some Matt Matt Boyd, okay, got Kim for a hub uh-huh, bro. Whistles go woo had some Ray, had some McCullers, a little bit, a tinge of a lot of these other guys, but Squirrel Patrol made a look, made a conscious effort to get different a picture. McCullers, 23%. I mean look how look how much over the field. 10% Bassett, 19% Kikuchi. And with their scores, they put up 30 plus points. That's going to make a lot a lot of his lineups move up and if you if you get the bats right, you're good. I just found yesterday that that the chalk was going to be so clear on the bat side. I mean if we take a look at the ownerships overall, like I'm just going to put back Okay, so let's take a picture. So, I mean, we had, I mean, Blue Jays happen to be, in this contest happened to be chalky. But had, we had basically uh, the Nationals, the Padres, a little bit of the Braves, but mostly Acuna. We had the Blue Jays, actually. Actually, a lot of people in the 11, 111 went Blue Jays. They were a bit lower-owned in the larger field stuff. Obviously, catcher's a weak position, so people pay up. And we he had the money, so South Perez is going to be owned. But, I mean, but Solaire was owned also. Merrifield. So the Royals, the Royals got ownership. Dozier, 10%. So we see here, Padres, Royals, Nationals, Blue Jays. But, like, outside of those those stacks, like, you could have played any, I mean, like, all the other stacks were, like, I mean, the ownership. We have so many guys that are 4%, 5 6 7% owned. Like, all of those stacks are, are virtually the same ownership. I'm actually surprised Arizona was as low owned as they were in the 111. So, Squirrel Patrol decided to put in 100, 120 entries, still played. You can see here, played less lineups with the chalkier stacks, but still had plenty of, I mean, look, he had the Marlins stacks, right? Adam Duvall, 25%. Trout, Voigt, Yankee stacks. Boston. Plenty of dud lineups. But still, he made a conscious effort to Go under on a lot of a lot of these chalkier bats, a lot of these one-offs, and and pitchers as well. But stack-wise, I mean he still had plenty of every of every type of stack. Still had Padres. I'm assuming most of these, these, like, you know, 5% Grissom is only in San Diego stacks. And Soto at, at 7.5% exposure is only in national stacks. But he still had Blue Jays still had chalky lineups just made a conscious effort of getting different a pitcher and that and that worked out yesterday especially if you pay if if, if you didn't have singer in your lineup especially because Walker because you didn't need bueller but you could have won with him you didn't need stroman you could but you could have won with him but if you took a shot at some of the the mid-priced 8k level pitchers that did not project as well as the other pitchers. But it's not like it was a poor pitching slate. Like Chris Bassett is not, not a bad pitcher, but he's not a good pitcher. Kinta Maeda is not, okay, he's better than average. Quang Young Kim, better than average, but nothing you get excited about. Bumgarner apparently is Cy Young or something. I don't know, the past five starts. He's going nuts, but I think his underlying stuff is not all that great anyway. I, of course, I take the Marlins against him and get nothing, right? That's what happens. Chandler Cannon says, uh, he gives the cheese, cheese's, cheeses quote. When Robbie Ray's own stack against him, when he's not, shove him in. Right, that's, cheese is good, Dave Potts. The Robbie Ray rule. But that's just, that's in general. When in, If there's a high variant spot that The field is going too heavily on one side not taking into account how high variance it is go the other way and vice versa people are scared and go i'm scared to play robbie ray well then you play robbie ray or any high variance situation dave spag do you ever include use the exclude team button in the stack options yeah of course i do in in line of hq if i don't want to use them as a stack right Click to exclude. Oh, they're gone. Oh, they're in. Oh, they're gone. Oh, they're in. Yeah, of course, I use it. You could also exclude all the players from that team from the pool. You could do that. Then you don't even worry about the button. You can do that if you want, but of course, that takes takes away them to be used as, as one offs. Yeah, on, on, on the stacks page on lineup HQ, if, they, if I'm not using a stack, I, I get rid of it. I, inclu- I exclude completely. Right? Because lineup HQ is going to try to make whatever you, you're telling it to make. But if it can't, if you're trying to make a hundred lineups, and it's like it's at not lineup ninety-six, and it's like I can't, I can't do anymore. It's going to try to make four more lineups. So even though these these zeros are technically defaults, so if all these numbers add up to a hundred, and it's like I can't make that hundredth lineup, it, it may make a, an Oakland. You may have zero here for Oakland, yet it still may make an Oakland stack because it's just trying to give you a hundredth lineup because you've set it too constrained. So that's why a lot of times in, in primary stacks, I don't, I don't leave it at a hundred. I always put a little extra, add a little extra, a little extra, because these are max exposures. So obviously the, 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 the teams that are high point per dollar, it's going to fill up, right? Like Washington yesterday, no matter what number I put there it was going to give me national stacks. But if I set the, if I set the, t- the max exposure to like 102 or something, I give it a little leeway where it's not going to then also give me like, if I'm building hundred lineups, sometimes I get five lineups that are not even stacked, right. Or literally not even stacked because I've set the constraints so low, so high that uh, you can't make five more lineups. So it's just going to give me oh what's the highest projected lineup oh here you go here's here's a three one 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 it's like but I want it all whatever yeah but I didn't I didn't didn't give it enough so that's why like if I if I do this right if everything if everything was ten right right here right let's let's put everything if I was let's just say for instance there's a there's a tooltip I guess so let's say I'm excluding some I'm not playing this I'm not playing you now I, I do the normal. You know, maybe I'm playing that. Let's make it easy just to exclude a whole bunch of stuff. Just, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play Miami, Arizona. Let's say that's, okay, that's still a lot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. So that's, okay, so that's it's easy, right? So let's say I want 10% of everything. Well, that equals 100. Well, based on my exposures and everything, I'm doing like five. I'm doing five, five X's at 100% right it may not be able to give me exactly these and if it can't make the lineup like where is it going to go it's gonna it's gonna decide so what i'm gonna do is that you know that's instead of it being a hundred like i was like i don't mind an, i don't mind a couple extra you know yankee stacks for 11 and toronto at 11 and houston at 11 you know like washington at 11 so it's like 104 so I may get 11% Washington, I may get 9% Tampa Bay, right? Cause that's the max, but still I've set it to a slightly over hundred percent. Just so I, I know that all my lineups are going to be five stack or five X stacks. The same thing with like secondaries. If you're using secondaries, just put a little, little extra. You can put a lot extra. I mean, you could, you can put it at the, the max 20%, right? On 10 different stacks. Yeah, but you're not going to get that many lineups. It's going to fill up. The lower point-per-dollar stacks, you're not going to get any of. Because what it's going to do, is going to go, oh, I like the Nationals, it's point-per-dollar. I'm going to fill up, give you 20% stacks of that, and then I'm going to give you 20% stacks of uh, point-per-dollar Toronto, then 20% to Houston, I mean, and then you're never going to get any Cardinal stacks. So you you can't have twice the amount of lineups, right? 200%, you can't have that. And if you do it too low, I mean, if you'd put it at, oh, total team primary stack exposure, 80%. These are all maxes. So it's going to get, and it's going to give you 8% of your lineups. And the other 20% are going to be who knows what, right? Because you're condensing, you're con- constraining it too much. Yes, yeah, so I want 80% 5X stacks in this build. But the other 20% of lineups, it's just going to give me whatever's high projected. It's just going to just whatever, whatever. The other 20% is who knows what. So that's where people go wrong. They, they do that and they get, oh, 20% of my lineups are garbage. It's like, yeah, well, you told it to make 20% of your lineups garbage. Or I put it on exactly 100% and I got uh, three or four garbage lineups. Well, that's what you told it. You gave it no room for error at all. So either you're going to have it add up to 100% and then go through and find those garbage lineups that don't, Don't have a stack in it and rebuild those or give it a little bit more leeway. Come on, give it a leash, dude. But that's what I do. If I want to include or exclude stacks, it's easier to do it that way because I know I'm not going to get it. We reset these settings. You could obviously set defaults and everything now. I showed off that yesterday. Reset all MLB settings. Michael Dompier said, I had 20% Arizona stacks based on Slate IQ at 4 p.m., 0% based on Slate IQ at 6.30 p.m. I wish my internet had shut down. Okay. understand that Slate IQ isn't the be-all, end-all. Okay. Also, the differences of slight positive net leverage and slight negative leverage, That that big of a deal. Usually, I'm looking on that. I'm looking at something that is exaggerated, right? With positive leverage, eighty percent; negative leverage, eighty percent. You know, in the other way. But when it's like, oh, plus or minus ten or something like, I don't. Want, what do I care? That's about even. Jubakalypse asks, "Are you able to determine if Scorbutal mainly used primary stacks or a combination of primary and secondary stacks based on his ownership?" I'm assuming you just did 5 I mean, I could take a look, I could take a look. I mean we just take a look through lineups like cat. I mean look. I mean this is a five X. This is a 5X. I mean a 521, but I mean probably just 5X. This is a 5-3. This is a 5-2-1. <laughs> this is a five-two-one. This is a five-two-one. This is a five. This is another five-two-one. This is another five-two-one. This is yes five. This is another five-two-one. Seems a lot of five-two-ones. Five-two-one. Right? Is the winning lineup five-two-one? Yeah, five-two-one with Kansas City and Toronto. Are they all let's 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 see how many because you could get obviously get five two ones by just having five X and just whatever fits here's a five two one five yeah with the, the Houston Houston Arizona Arizona so that's another two. Are we gonna find something that's not a five two one? This is a five two one also. Tampa, Sampa, San Diego. San Diego with two Detroit and a Boston case. This is the Royals with two Oakland. And I, an, yeah, this, it looks like all, it's all five, two, one. I mean, it's not it, it can't, it's not, it, I mean, do I have to go through all these way too once a coincidence that it's five X and, and it's just all happen to be two one-offs from the same team. Cause look, San Diego, San Diego, one off Atlanta. Yeah, this is all 5-2-1. Like, I can't, I, can't see, I can't see it that that John put in, you know, that he put in 5X, which means it could be 5-3, it could be 5-2, it could be 5-whatever. And he just so happened to get five all those 5-2-1s. My, my, my the suspicion is that's what he did. Played all 5-2s. It's just similar to a 5-3, just 5-3, it's 5-2 with a one-off. And 5X is just five stack with three one-offs. The difference is between, like, there's a big difference between 5X and 5-3, but 5-2. So you have two players that correlate, kind of. Because even if we take a look at his lineups, like, what, was it necessary? Like, I think these could have been one-offs. So I don't think that it's that big of a deal. Oh, he did all five two one. I got to do all five two one. 2 one it's easier to build that way. You build 120 lineups. By building 5-2-1 also, it, it leaves you less of the possibility when you build of playing like a lot of those super chalky one-offs. That's constraining it a little bit more. So you at least get two of one team in and you don't have the salary for you know whatever chalky one-off there is. I guess. I don't see that much of a difference, but you asked the question. I see here, we see that's, that's how you use results DB, right? It's hard to tell from the actual, like, like this, like all the number, like I could see exposures. I could see, I could get a sense of the stacks that he played the one-offs stuff like that But the actual construction. I mean, I could get the construction pictures versus batters, but as far as like, you know, construction type, like, you have to go, like, you have to, you have to look at the actual lineups. But some, but a lot a lot of users, they don't just play, like, one style. I'm going to do 5-2-1 in all my lineups. It's like, no, there's going to be, there'll be some 5-3s, some 5-2-1s, some 4 3 ones, some 4-4s, four, whatever. It depends on the user. I tend to be more on the side with, with, with Squirrel Patrol. To me, to me it's, it's way too difficult to do something like this. Like imagine if I, like I'm going to build all of this. I'm going to build 10% of this and 20% of that and 30% of this and 10% of that and 30% of this and it'd be 100. Like, Then I set my use team max exposures by stack type so I get that percent of all the teams that I'm stacking. It's, it's too difficult. It's, it, it, it's, it, you can't be this exact. It's gonna, it's gonna be very hard to do this in one build. People try, and I don't know why. You're gonna screw up too much stuff. I've found that you screw up way too much stuff doing it this way. What percentages should you be playing? Who knows? If anything, what you should be doing is researching the stack types. There you go, okay, let me let me let me make a fake let me let me make a build. Of hundred fifty, whatever lineups, forty lineups of five three. Let me make fifty of five x. Let me make fifty of four four. Let me make fifty of four three. We see what they look like. You start taking a look at these lineups, and then you set your like your max player, right? Your max uh, exposure down to like like to not like twenty percent on fifty percent on pitchers and twenty percent on batters, just so it gives you a bunch of different stuff. And then you take a, and then and then you take a look and you go, which which types of lineups do I like better? The project better that are lower owned or whatever, and maybe you see that the, really the four four stacks there. Eh. But you see, oh, there's a bot, there are more four three ones that are playable than I would have thought. So maybe maybe you go, I'm going to build four three stacks and you build them separately. If you're building a hundred lineups, maybe you want to build fifty four threes. So maybe just build them in a separate build. And if you're going to build five stacks or whatever, like I'm going to build five threes and five X's, like at the same time, like do that, but you have, you're going to have to be able to use the secondary stacks very well. But like using five, three at 10%, like I don't, I don't see the, I don't see the point in that. Build them separately. If you're going to do something like that, you're going to lose control. What's going to end up happening is that when you do something like this, you go, I'm going to play all five, I'm going to play 20% this and 20% that and 60% this, is that you may get some some of your your five threes will all be very similar to one another a lot of the time. You'd be like, oh, I have a ton of Philly stacks, but they're all with like three three cardinals like without realizing it, like, and you have no Philly stacks that are 5X, right? So all your Philly stacks have a three-man A's, three-man Cardinals, and the Phillies put up 14 runs, and you get locked out of some one-off because they're in, you literally don't even have a 5X Philly stack. They're all five threes because that's the way it worked out mathematically. So if you're willing to go through and prune that out, sure, okay, go do it. But I find when you're trying to do this all in one build by being this granular, it, it, it ends up, it ends up screwing you more than not unless you're willing to take the time to prune, prune entries. But to get the math completely right. So it gives you the exact thing. I, it's, it's nearly impossible. The more lineups you're building, obviously it's easier because you have more leeway, but you're building 20 lineups and you're doing this. I think that's, I think you end up screwing up more, more likely than not. Can you do it? Sure. But I mean, what's 20% of 20 lines. It's four lineups. I'm going to play eight stacks in 20 lineups and 20% of this, like you're giving the constraints of like, we'll try to build one lineup out of a, out of a needle in a haystack type of thing. I think it's too constrained. More likely than not. I'm, only using two of these. I'm going like, I want 5X and I want 4-3. Or maybe, maybe I want to make sure to have some 5-2s. Five twos. 5-2s five twos is a little bit better because at least you get the one off. The 5-3s tend to get you into trouble. If I'm going to build 5-3s, typically I build 5-3s by themselves. So if I'm playing 100 lineups and I want to play 55-3s, I'm going to build 55-3s alone and then build the rest of my lineups in another build. And I'll save the builds, and I'll combine them. Because then I get control over the 50 lineups and the combinations of the two. Because I don't, want, I, I only want to see the 5-3 lineups combinations. If I put it on 5X and I ran 100 lineups, I'd have 22 Philly stacks, but not know how many Philly stacks are in 5-3s versus 5Xs. I mean, there is a combo summary in my lineups. But it doesn't get that grand. It'll show you the five threes. You have to do the math in your head, I guess. Oh, these are the five. I go through and add up all the five threes and go, oh, the Phillies are in five, five X lineups. It, it, it's very difficult to do that. And get it and get the lineups that you want to get. I mean, you could do it. Yeah, sure. Yes, you could do it. And you could do anything. You could press any, any button and build whatever stacks you want. Press the build button. YOLO export your CSV and who knows who you played you could do it is it wise to do it I don't know Chandler Cannon generally if you don't want teams from the same game in the same stack which direction would you go to stop getting them you don't want teams from the same game why to me it doesn't matter if the the offenses aren't necessarily are negatively correlated to each other You don't want teams from the same, so you don't want, if uh, Philly and Washington are playing each other, you don't, in a Philly stack, you want no Washington players. Is there a need for that? Pitchers, I understand, but why, why, why would you even care about the other, the other side? They're not, there's no correlation to that. I don't get it. Basketball, I could see. Sure, okay. But in baseball, what does it matter? If I have a Philly stack and I have a Juan Soto one-off on the other side, who cares? I don't understand why you'd be doing it. That you that there would be a need for that functionality. What you have to do, you'd have to set up groups for like, oh, you have to set up like nine groups. Every batter needs a group. I don't even know. Because it's not even something I considered in baseball. You'd have to you'd have to set up yeah, you have to you have to set up a group for like each individual batter on the side that you don't want or something. Something like that. Or do two builds. I don't know. Michael Dampier asked, might be a stupid question. If you click click to exclude from stacks, I assume it will still give one offs from that team. Yes. The purpose of that click to exclude is to make sure that you get none of the stacks, but there's still all these players are still in your player pool. So, if you, I'm, I don't want any Phillies stacks, but, you know, Bryce Harper, one-offs are fine. I mean, they're still in the pool. If you don't want them as one-offs or anything, you have to go and, and exclude those players, right? You have to go to each team. If you want to exclude the Phillies, you can click on the Phillies, exclude 51 filtered, and there you go. Now, at that point, you have no Phillies in your lineup. You don't have to click, click to exclude. I mean, it obviously can't make any stacks. The Phillies are not even in the player pool. But now they're not even available as one-offs. They're not in your pool at all. So yeah, anyone that you don't want in any of your lineups, obviously just exclude from the pool. Include all them back. There we go. So I don't even know what's going on today. Do we have any weather today? Let's check. Let's see. Is there any weather? Where's, where's my weather? MLB weather. Oh, not much. Oh, nothing. Okay. Roth has an easy day today. Oakland and Boston, a few showers pregame. Atlanta, low chance of a shower. Okay, so we don't have to worry about anything. Okay. Well, I don't think so, at least. Maybe you have to worry about COVID. Right? The Padres, the Yankees coaches, who knows? Let's go through some more questions before we get out of here today. Didn't even talk about today's slate. Why? Just like oh, weather. What's happening? Who knows? What are we doing today on DraftKings? What do we have? Garrett oh, it's Garrett Colegag, Cole Woodruff, Cole Woodruff. Max Freed is coming back. What's his pitch count going to be? Who knows? Danny Duffy's eighty nine hundred against the Tigers. He's going to be owned. Maybe it's time to play the Tigers. Zach Allen against the against the the, the Marlins. Urias against the the, the Mariners. Uh, Pitching may be spread out. I mean, I think Cole's just going to be mega-owned. Like, I don't even agree with this ownership. I think Cole's going to be 45% owned. Right? I don't know about Duffy. Duffy may go down. Even though it's against the Tigers, it may go down. Gallon may still get ownership. I mean, like, this is going to be way more condensed. This is what it probably should be. This is probably the ownership that it should be, the effective, efficient ownership. But it never ends up that way. And batters, do we have any any cheapos, cheapies? Vogelback, okay. Against Gant, oh, okay. That seems like twenty five hundred at first base. Yeah, they, 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 DraftKings needs to start pricing these guys up. There should be a three K minimum price on DraftKings. It creates these situations where it's like, dude, Stephen Piscotty is twenty three hundred. It's not like he projects all that well, but. Seems pretty cheap for him. Playing in Fenway against a lefty. Upton's up. Oh, they priced him. Oh, he's $3,200 now. Ooh. Ooh. I'm just looking through. It's like too cheap. These, these batters shouldn't be this cheap. Tyrone Taylor's still 2100 Why? Why, DraftKings? Why? Oh, uh, let's see. Michael Dompier asks, "I use groups in NBA like religion, but not at all in MLB. Do any of you use groups in MLB? No, I don't use. I don't use. I don't use groups. As I keep on saying, you're overthinking it. You're overthinking. <coughs> I assume. <coughs> I assume. Uh, Squirrel Patrol built his lineups in about ten minutes. He looked at the slate." Probably capped ownership on some of the higher own pitchers. If I put it in his own projections, obviously he has own, his own projections, he probably capped his ownership. Like we can see here. Look, look at the numbers. They, they're, way too, they're way too look at the picture numbers. They're way too even. Right? I could tell they're way too even. probably capped Bueller at 40, capped Singer at twenty five, capped Peralta at 30 which is what he probably expected what the ownership was going to be. Right. So he wanted about the field of these, of all the players of the chalky pitchers. Now he's playing two pitchers. So like, depending on his, his uh, projections, we'll give him, he has to, he has to get other pitchers and this is what he got. And he probably set a cap on all the other pitchers at 25%. Right. So probably his projections preferred Maeda and Ray, and then McCullers, and then Bassett, and then Kikuchi, and then Bassett. So it filled up to 25% of Maeda, then filled up the Ray, then filled up the McCullers. And that's how he got those lineups. Set 5-2, right? I take a look at his uh, hitting bat ownership. Again, it looks like, you know, Mostly 15, 15% on, on like everything. Like set the, set the cap on that. I mean, look, he played, look, look how many players he played. A bit of everything. Yeah, why not? And there you go. Press the button, 5 2 1. And then just like looked and said, I'll just build all 5 2 1s. Press the button, bink. There you go. How, how many big decisions did he make? Not many. Probably put in some stack percentages. Make sure to only get a certain amount of certain stacks, like went a little bit under on the Braves, a little bit under on on Washington, on San Diego, right? The chalky stuff, like maybe make sure to not, maybe didn't want to play Grissom or Soto or Acuna as a one-off or something, maybe something like that. And then set a cap. So just like whatever his projections say, just... Give me those lineups until a certain point, till 15 to 20%. And then make 120. 5 to one Enter. Build. Upload. Done. That's it. That's it. There you go. $100,000. Bink. A little bit more than that because he won fourth also. Right, he cashed a bunch of stuff, right? 10,000 here. I don't know. Was he, was he in other contests as well yesterday? Let's see. What was the main, the slugfest? Oh, no, he won the slugfest also. It's the same lineup, 190.9. Okay, so he made a lot of money yesterday. 150000 right? Any other contests? Let's see. Single entry, fence buster. No, he wasn't. He wasn't in the Feds Buster. That's small field. fast the seven seven seven. No, in, he wasn't in the small field stuff. Built he built lineups for the big field. But look, the small field, the mega seven seven seven. I mean, look, the winning lineup was one sixty one. Bueller Peralta and a San Diego stack. Like, look, the chalk, right? But it's a smaller contest. One hundred and eleven entries. The Apocalypse says, so reading results, DB, do you believe he capped the stacks at 15% or capped the players per lineup and build rules at 50%? Either or. I mean, he still got 25% Duvall, so like it couldn't have been a global setting. What he did. Of course, it, it, not, not everything is a global setting. Not everything is a setting. Although, oh, I, I made the setting. Remember, he's also using his own projections. So like like the bat didn't have Kikuchi as high as, as he did. McCullers was in the middle kind of like that but i could just tell from the 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 exposures of what he had like let's take a look at the slugfest because that's 150 did he put in 150 in there let's see slugfest so yeah put in 150 so let's go to ownership let's go to squirrel patrol so this is this is in the 150 max let me take a look at pictures so yeah that's what it looks like it looks like Capped Bueller at forty, capped Peralta at thirty, which is around what they were going to be owned. So, like to, the decision making is: I still want to play Bueller, I still want to play Peralta, I still want to play Singer, but I don't want to be over or the I I, I want to have enough of them, but not over anything. And then whatever fits in the rest of the lineups is what fits, right? That's what it is. And maybe he X'd out Means and X'd out Strowman and X'd out Ota- Maybe he X'd out these pitchers. Or the, his projections just it didn't, it, they didn't project as well. He could have X'd them out. But that's what he made the decision at pitcher. And then we take a look at the batters. We're at 22% Deval. 17% Perez. So just, it just looks like just he sets, he sets stacks percentages on certain stacks and just whatever showed up maybe set a cap on the batters at 25 percent, and just whatever whatever showed up showed up something i mean because he had a bunch of stuff it's not like it's not like it's not like ricky d who plays like three stacks and just like all goes overboard on them he plays a much more diversified set of lineups i mean i play i play diversified set of lineups so in in here, like, look, it's not like there's that much. It's not like he had that much Arizona, but he had a he had a, he had a bunch of lineups. Four percent of what 150 is what six lineups. I mean, so he had six six Diamondback stacks. Nick Ahmed, right? Two percent of lineups. Two point six seven percent of lineups. That's like nothing. Two point six percent of what 150 is what four line, It's four lineups. So it's not like he went out of his way. It's like, I'm going to double down on Arizona. No. He just built a lot of stuff. In Arizona, you have some Arizona. He just he went under on the chalk stacks, which is kind of what I do anyway. Just got very different a picture. The main reason he got up there is because of the pitching. Because so Most of these users, most of these 150 matches are playing a diversified set of stacks. They'll have an Arizona stack here, a San Diego stack there. It's the pitching that really got him. That got him there. Playing these 2%, 5% don' pitchers, 1% don pitchers that put up 30 plus points. The most of the field isn't playing, but you could you could see from the exposures that, that would that was his intention. He's gonna cap, he's gonna. The chalk pitchers, i make sure I have enough of, have with the field. So they say they still project the best, right? Get rid of Strowman and Means and whoever Otani. And then obviously it's a two-pitcher site. They who else is going to fit in? You're going to have to play a bunch of other pitchers, a bunch of other, other type of guys. Robbie Ray has a ceiling, so why not play him? Kikuchi could strike out people. Okay, it's against the Dodgers. So I used ceiling projections for whatever he had. Like guarantee. And then he did four five to one to make it easy on his build. It's like, what do I want to do? Okay, five to one. Done. Give me 150 lineups. Right? Is that let's let's take a look through, through there. I mean, I'm assuming he played the same set. I mean, this is the same lineup as in the other contest. It's just the other contest was 120 max. But I mean, all these lineups probably are five. Yeah, here it's the same line. It's the same. Yeah, what are we doing? KCR, to San Diego, and oh, yeah, it's a five. These are all 5-2-1 lineups. Just make them it's easier to do it that way. <laughs> simply simply put it, that's that's what it is. He probably looked through and saw, maybe maybe ran a simulation or something, and then the 5-2-1 construction was well, well, you know, slightly advantageous. He liked the 5 two, one lineups more than the other types of lineups and said, screw it, I'm just going to get 150 of them. Sometimes that's all that is. There's no like grand plan or something. It's just like, oh, okay. It seems like there's more 5 two ones that that are, that are doable, right? And I avoid having a lot of lineups with one shocky one-off in it, right? Because you do the 5X. Sometimes it's like, I'm going to get 12% Tyrone Taylor and I'm going to get 15% Jorge Soler and I'm going to get, you know, 22% Justin Upton at 2,800. And you're know, like, you're going to end up, because you have three spots to fill, you're going to get up a lot more of that. Sometimes sometimes that's fine. Sometimes that's perfectly fine. Or You cap them individually. But if you do 5 to one now you're forcing a certain combination, so you may not be in a certain salary range to get, you know, as much of those, like, cheap value one-offs that are going to be over-owned. So that, to me, that's the reasoning behind it. But who knows? John could say that, you know, I don't know. I, I felt felt like five two one, and said it's easy, and it's easier to just build them all in one build than me try to build you no know, ten five threes and twenty five xs and thirty of this. So it's just like screw it, five two one, press the build button, upload. Let's go to dinner. You know, sometimes that's what it is. And John listens to the show. I thought if if, if if Squirrel Patrol is listening. Maybe he'll tweet out before the last. The last time I, I, I think a couple of months ago, I, I explained what he did in NBA, and it was I was right. Right <laughs> then I was. Then he said no, no, nope, he was absolutely right. That's 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 what he did. That's what he thought. This this is my surmise. I'm surmising something. So, so if squirrel patrols out there listening, listening later. Let me know. Tweet out and say, oh, okay, no, this is exact. That's exactly what I thought. But remember, also. John has his own projections. So it's not like, well, he chose this guy versus the like, no, because like it's different from the bad. It's different from the plate IQ projections. So it's not, it's not like, oh, if I just put in John's settings, I would have won. Like it's it doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. And Daniel Hutchins says, not all these guys have a thought process. You're right. Sometimes it's just you put in a formula. You develop an algorithmic formula of like what lineups win more than others. You run a simulation and then you run 150 lineups and whatever shows up, shows up. And there's no thought. And there's literally, there's no the thought process is in the formulas that I've, they've made. That's perfectly fine. Also, that's kind of what I do, but I do it manually, right? I do that formula. I try to get directionally correct versus, you know, ha- building having an algorithm. I can't do that. Okay, hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Thummy thumbs, apple juice cold. We're good. Subscribe button if you're new here. Uh, notification bell to know when we go live. We got a bunch of shows today. We got a bunch of shows. I think the Soulcast they're doing the Soulcast today. I think that's probably at 12, at what 2:30 Eastern. We got NBA Grinders live. That's and the NBA season's coming to an end. We got that with beer and chop and no, It's the OGs. Then at 5, 5 5.15, of those times. It's uh, Dean and Cardi, I believe, on MLB Grinders Live. And then for premium members, you got uh, got crunch time, right? So sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. You get access to all these tools, all the stuff that I show off. Lineup HQ, Slate IQ, all this type of stuff. Get with Roto Grinders Premium. So sign up for that. Join the Discord. I'm in there. You can always ask me a question outside of the show. And, uh, and then I'll see, I'll see you tomorrow, right? Got a net. Baseball. We're going to get sick of baseball at some point, right? It's going to be late July and be like, when does football start? When does football start? But we're doing, we're doing good now. We're doing good now in MLB. Reviewing the slate. Going over some strategy, as always. What I do. Mondays through Fridays, 11 o'clock Eastern. On the DFS pregame show. On rotogrinders.com.